Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Yes, and our special guest on the show today hails originally from Edina, Minnesota. He is a former WWE 24-7 champion, the winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in 2022, and most importantly, a former participant in the Meineke Car Care Bowl. He is Mad Cat Moss. WWE superstar. For having me on. What is going on, man? What is your favorite Meineke Car Care Bowl moment? Oh, man. Uh, there's a there's a moment where uh, in the fourth quarter, I stripped and recovered uh, a fumble uh, from the quarterback. It was a huge moment in the game. Uh, kind of changed the momentum and, and set us up for victory. And, uh, man, I just went nuts. Just <laughs> screaming my head off celebrating. <laughs> Unfortunately, the end of that story is it was uh, reviewed and overturned. So um, I didn't oh, actually. Get, I, I, didn't I actually remember hit the that. That's recovery, right. but, um, <laughs> you know, it was uh, for for a few minutes there. It was pretty good. I remember watching that thing. God, I feel I feel like just the celebration alone, they should leave that call. You can't take that away yeah. from somebody. My God. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't. I, I thought it was close for sure, but I didn't think there was enough to overturn it. So yeah, I'm still a bit bitter about that one to this day. So what is this like for you, WWE SmackDown at Target Center? And by the way, for anyone who catches this in podcast form before the show tonight, there are still some tickets available, so check it out. Um, and, and you're going you're gonna to wrestle against Happy Corbin in a last laugh match. That's been a super fun feud for anyone that's followed over the last, uh, I mean, the art goes back like almost a year. Mm-hmm. But what is it like for you? I mean, you have, you've been grinding, you know, from your college football days. You've been grinding and honing in on on just everything to do with wrestling and, and the Madcap persona. And here you are, it's SmackDown. You've kind of got this thing nailed now as Madcap Moss. What's it like for you to come back to your home state, the Target Center? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it really does feel like perfect timing where uh, for a while there, I, I was with Happy and we were doing our thing together um, until I just couldn't take his crap any longer and, uh, you know, turned around and punched him in the face. And, uh, now we've been going at it for a couple of months, but it just really feels like the uh, momentum for Madcap has been building. And, you know, I've been able to display this fun side of me, this sort of class clown side of me, but then, you know, happy tried to end my career, uh, tried to break my neck. And then I had to uh, get a bit more serious and show kind of the intense side of me. So I've been able to show both sides of me and which is really fun. Um, And, like I said, the WWE universe, everybody's starting to get behind me. The momentum's building, and for it to kind of culminate tonight 
in a last laugh match in front of my hometown at the Target Center where I've grown up and gone to so many games over the years of the Timberwolves. And just, you know, I hope that uh, I see a lot of my fellow Minnesotans there tonight. I hope they have my back, and I'm sure they will. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an absolutely electric atmosphere. Hey, do you still keep up with, with Minnesota sports? Do you still get depressed when they let you down? What's your, what's your connection to Minnesota sports these days? You know, so starting with the Gophers, uh, my little brother Nick was on the team for the four years following uh, me being on the team. So I obviously followed them very closely and, and knew a lot of the guys, um, pretty much everybody, you know. So uh, that was really cool. And then when he graduated and the coaching staff changed, I kind of didn't know anyone on the team anymore. And I kind of fell out of touch a little bit. And I kind of thought, well, I'm a, I'm a bit over that. That's it's not that big of a deal to me anymore. And then they beat the Badgers one year, and a tear came down my face right here. And I thought, no, nah, I'm not over that yet. So, yeah, I do still follow. I still follow uh, the Gophers closely. Um, uh, my little brother Nick is coaching for the Philadelphia Eagles now, so they're my number one team awesome. right now. Um, but, yeah, I also follow the Timberwolves. They had a fun year this year. Um, I'd say that's about all I have time for. That's, you know, that's pushing it as it is. So um, I, I try to keep an eye on things for sure. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun, but heartbreaking end of the season for the Timberwolves just a uh, couple of months ago. Yeah. And then they went and said, okay, let's just go hire one of the top five president presidents of basketball operations. It's like, and A-Rod owns the team. Yeah. It's all very odd what's happened the last year or so. Yeah. It's not very Timberwolves. Like it's, it's a bit, no. it's, it's a new era for the T-Wolves. So I think with, uh, with Kat and Anthony Edwards, I think they got a chance to be pretty fun over the next few years. Mm-hmm. I love that. And this is, you know, I'm a huge wrestling nerd. The, our audience knows. I mean, I've, I've, I've been a fan. My, my, the first match I ever remember watching was Warrior Hogan in 1990. And then like, you know, became a bigger fan during the Attitude Era. And so this is probably going to be more of a nerdy question for hardcore wrestling fans, but you've gotten really good on the mic and you, and you always did some media stuff when you were in college too, but yeah. you've gotten really good on the mic. And is that the, you worked with Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Rest his soul. Um, in developmental what I guess what what went into you just developing that voice on the mic and enhancing that madcap persona yeah going back to the days at the University of Minnesota uh, when I was given an interview I, I tried to uh, give a bit more than just the standard answers but the thing with football is you can always kind of fall back on the standard answers and just kind of give the Bill Belichick line here yeah they don't they don't your coaches don't want you to really say anything to yeah yeah, you're not you don't want to say anything uh too specific about a game plan or anything like that kind of just you know keep it simple and and basic and it's really the opposite so that is with with wwe you know so that is the biggest difference and working with dusty Rhodes was an unbelievable experience but it was a process you know we built it up from just the most basic the the first night i worked with him i just had a conversation with everybody and just introduced myself. It wasn't, it wasn't anything more than that. And then we started working on, you know, give me, he would, he would have me sell him on a match for 30 seconds. And then he would toss me an orange and tell him to sell the orange to him, you know, just a <laughs> bunch of different things like that. And then just really getting at first, just getting comfortable speaking about anything and then starting to develop the personality and let it come through naturally. And then the most important thing is that it comes through authentic. And I think that's over the last few months, the last year or so, being able to find a, a piece of me that I can really put uh, passionately into the Madcap character has been the, the key to me feeling most comfortable speaking and 
being able to be entertaining and at times, you know, over the top and selling what we're doing, but also be a hundred percent authentic and mean every word that I say. So, so you guys would, he would toss you an or almost like improv. Yeah. He would toss you something. Have you ever seen, you can find them on YouTube, but the old macho man promos where he would like, he would grab a garbage can and you're nothing but garbage. You're nothing but, or he'd grab a little coffee creamer thing and and the cream of the crop. And I always wondered, was some, was, was someone just like, all right, you're about to go. Here's a, here's a prop. You have to mix it into your promo. And he was brilliant at it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I would guess that they, he just did that so much over the years. He just got so comfortable with it. And, obviously that was the real macho man, you know, coming through. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it was probably a combination of doing it so much that he had a bit of a a template, but also just being so authentic in who he was. Uh, and just, it doesn't matter what you threw him. He could pick up anything and sell you on it and relate it to how he's going to, you know, whoop somebody's, you know what that night. Yeah. Yesterday's news, holding a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, just like, exactly. There's like 10 of them out there. Yeah. Uh, when, when did you fall in love with, with the industry, with the business? What hooked you in? How old were you? It, it was early. Um, and the, the first guy that, I mean, there, there was so many guys. I, when I was growing up as a fan of WWE, I kind of just liked everybody. Like it was pretty easy to impress me. But the one guy that really hooked me was Goldberg. And uh, I think it was partly because he had the football background and he was just such a beast, man. He was so mm-hmm. uh, big and jacked and strong and physically impressive, but also just the intensity was so turned up with him and so authentic and so real. And, I, you know, I remember the, the security would come knock on his locker room door and you'd hear just a thud before he came out and it was <laughs> him headbutting the locker getting ready God. for the match. And you could see a little bit of a mark on his forehead usually, but that's just who he was. And, and recently at elimination chamber earlier this year, I got to meet him for the first time finally. And we got to hang out for a weekend and I got to pick his brain a little bit and he passed down some knowledge. So that was like a really cool full circle experience because I mean, you talk about, I, I have a few, quite a few memories of different uh, sh- shows growing up and different memories of WWE, but the when Goldberg beat Hulk Hogan for the WCW championship in uh, Atlanta in his hometown, that one sticks out to me. Like I remember exactly where I was and I was watching with my brothers and just how excited we were that he actually did it. For some reason, I didn't think he, I thought Hogan would, would, you know, somehow find a way to get it done. But no, Goldberg came through. It was just like, it was a really cool moment for me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's gotta be one of the coolest things. And like in, in football, you definitely, you get to meet former players if you you know if your career continues into the NFL and whatnot. But you know careers in the NFL are five you know three five eight years, and so you were never going to go to the NFL. You know, let's say ten years ago, and then play against a guy or be in a locker room against a guy that you grew up watching in the nineties. But but WWE careers can be a lot longer, and guys can come back, and so yeah. that's got to be one of the cool things. In that okay, some of these dudes that you were watching when you were younger in high school or whatever you might actually get to compete against or be in a locker room with. Right. Yeah. The, it's a balance too, because you can't be too awestruck to where, you know, you forget that you're a superstar too. So you got to be able to yeah. bring it. And, you know, I, I would love to be able to step into a ring with some of those guys that I grew up watching, you know, someone like Goldberg or Brock Lesnar or John Cena, you know, those kind of guys that have had just unbelievable, uh, 
runs in WWE. One guy that I have been able to do that with just briefly, uh, it was a 14-man tag match in uh, Brooklyn. So seven on seven. And uh but I got to I got to step in the ring and mix it up with Randy Orton a little bit. And yeah. I mean you want to talk about an all time run. I mean, the guy just just hit the twenty year mark of just absolute main event championship uh top of the card run for twenty years. It's just really unreal what he's been able to do. So yeah, really, really it's uh kinda gotta remind yourself to enjoy the experience. Like, hey, I'm in the ring right now with Randy Orton pretty cool i'll tell you the the loudest i think the 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 two loudest stadium pops i've ever heard it just as a guy covering sports mm-hmm. for my life um one of them was brett Favre throwing a touchdown pass to greg lewis mm-hmm. in a game in 2009 at the end you know yeah. back in the end zone yep. the other one was i'll give you a little backstory here so i i used to cover the minnesota twins as a beat writer for like three years four years between 2010 and 2013 and so I would be down in Fort Myers, Florida for spring training for like two months, right around the time that WrestleMania was, you know, end of March, early April. Yeah. And uh, WrestleMania was in Miami. The main event was was The Rock versus Cena 1. Mm-hmm. And that was also the Triple H, Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, yeah. Shawn Michaels, special guest referee. I have goosebumps even just oh, yeah. recalling that match. Yeah. And so I went to WrestleMania. I just made the two-hour drive to Miami, bought a solo ticket. It's my first ever WrestleMania. Drove back. and. I got a tip from someone in the know, but couldn't, they couldn't say exactly what they, they didn't want to get in trouble. But they said, if you're already down there, you might want to go to Monday night raw too. Like you already made the drive one yeah. night. You should go to Monday night raw. Trust me. And so I'm like, Jesus. So I bought another solo ticket on StubHub <laughs> or whatever, drove my ass two two and a half hours across the state, waited till the end of the show and Brock Lesnar's music hits for the first time in seven years. Loudest arena pop I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Yeah, those moments are really cool. Uh, I, I remember that one for sure. I mean, w- the one that comes to mind for me was we were just in, in Dallas uh, at AT&T Stadium for WrestleMania this year. And uh, Austin put on an unbelievable oh. two-night performance. I mean, just, Dude, he still had it, man. Yeah, he still had it. 100%. Yeah. He looked great. And, you know, just, you know, obviously one of the greatest of all time. So, yeah, it was it was an unreal performance. I was there in. I want to say it was 2015, maybe 2016, I think we were there for WrestleMania and uh, it was a surprise appearance from Steve Austin. And I when that music hit, it was like I couldn't even hear myself yell. You know, it was just like. (laughs) unbelievable uh reaction from the wwe universe so i know i know what you're talking about and that's i mean like that's what i love about the wwe is one the fan interaction and how big of a like how big of a role they play uh they just make it so much better but also the the unpredictable element you never know what's going to happen you never know who's going to show up and those are the kind of moments that I look back on through the years where it was just like so cool, man. Just goosebump yeah. moments. Uh, just a couple more for you because I want to respect your time. You're, you're doing some media this morning. But uh, the other one that made the hair on the back of my arm stand up, they were teasing for weeks, you know, 10 years ago. This is like 2011 or whatever. Special guest WrestleMania host, special guest WrestleMania host. And we're going to announce it in two weeks on Raw, right? It was this huge buildup. 
and they finally get toward, yeah. I can't remember if it was the top of the hour or if it was toward the end of the show, and the lights go off in the yeah. arena, and there's like an eight-second pause, and it's quiet. Mm-hmm. If you smell yeah. for the first time in seven years, and right. I was in my living room alone, just like, just off the walls, yeah. you know, yelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any, like, any just, you know, you mentioned Steve Austin, but as a fan or as a competitor, just like the surprise returns that stick with you, those moments that, that just, you know, blow the roof off an arena that get you hooked? Um. Yeah, I mean the the like I said the Austin one uh stands out to me. The also my first WrestleMania I ever attended, it was Triple H against Sting. And uh you know, I was a huge NWO fan growing up. So first DX came out and they they helped Triple H turn the tide and sure right. enough a couple minutes later that NWO music hit and I just lost I was standing out in the crowd I just lost my mind I was like a little that, kid that 5 mile again. ramp too this yeah, like yeah. they, they and, come out and it's like a half hour later they're good. Oh yeah well so DX you know Billy Gunn hit a 40 yard sprint I think he got there in about he got there in about 3 seconds but the NWO they didn't even show up until about 15 seconds after the music hit they took yeah. their time and soaked up that moment. So yeah. it was that was really cool though, because uh, I actually got to work with Scott Hall a little bit too over the years, and he was like one of my favorites growing up, and um, I someone who I try to emulate today, you know, in my performance. So moments like that, you know, getting to meet guys and then also see them out there still doing their thing, they still have that uh, just that that it factor to be able to get the the crowd going. Um, yeah, so many cool moments. I, I will say for me personally, uh, the moment where the WWE universe really started to get behind me, where Happy, I was out there with Happy for a Happy Talk segment, and he, you know, was kind of doing his thing, moaning and complaining and, and blaming me for his loss, and the crowd just started chanting for Madcap, and I honestly, I was, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was in Milwaukee too. So I I've had to, uh, forgive Wisconsin for their, uh, their sins of being from Wisconsin. Um, cause they, cause they got behind me that night. That was pretty cool. Cause it was just, it, I, it wasn't expected. You know, I didn't think that they would back me like that. And they did. I love that you, I love that you, you, you have to turn on him. I love that you turned on him because for you to become that next level star, you have to dispose of your former partner. Mm. And, uh, tonight at target center, Tickets are still available if you guys are hearing this on the podcast before uh, before Friday night. Madcap Moss against Happy Corbin in a last laugh match at Target Center. One more thing for you. So Minnesota, I feel like I haven't done like a state-by-state comparison, but Minnesota has been such a hotbed for WWE guys over the last even 30, 40 years. I mean, the U of M specifically, a lot of like Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar, um, you know, well, Chad Gable, is a St. Michael guy who went yeah. to a different college, but, and then you go back to the Mr. Perfects and, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess what's it like sort of carrying the torch now for this generation of Minnesota based WWE guys. It's really cool because it's a, you know, it's like a two families coming together and we all kind of have each other's backs and, you know, it's this common thing that we all have. Uh, and the, another guy who's just coming into it right now is Gable Steveson. And he yep. had a, he had a moment in Dallas at WrestleMania where it, it was just unbelievable how natural and athletic and comfortable he looked. So I I think there's really high hopes for him. His brother is actually in NXT right now, who I've I've talked to a few times, and same thing. He looks super natural. So I mean that like uh, that University of Minnesota, the Minnesota bond in, in general. Uh, you know, Gable and I go back and forth on 
you know, who the, we, we always give each other crap over who the bigger star from Minnesota is, or, you know, <laughs> we, we, we claim to be getting mobbed at the airport every time we come home. And just, it's just so annoying. You know? uh, in reality, you know, I don't think there's anyone who's really even noticed us there, but um, you know, it's just a, a bond that, you know, we all share in the university of Minnesota, especially like, you know, Brock has been really cool to me. He's been able to give me a few pointers here and there and just been a really good guy in general. So, uh, to, it's kind of like two different parts of my life coming together and, uh, being able to return here, it's like all these memories come flooding back. So like, it's just such a big part of who I am, the university of Minnesota. It shaped me and made me the person I am today. And yeah, to be able to carry that on and help guys out and be helped. It's kind of a cool, uh, little circle of life thing. Love it, man. Well, Thanks for coming on. Mad Cat Moss. Thanks Go for kick Happy me. Corbin's ass tonight. Absolutely. It'll be fun. I can't wait. All right. Thanks, man. Mad Cat Moss, WWE superstar. Keep tabs on his career. I think it's only going up. See you guys. Mackie and Judd.